last night uh, till this morning, and we really didn't know who was going to preach until about 30 minutes ago. So uh, Robin's, Robin's on, so we'll see. The Bible says be ready in season, in season and out of season, right? Amen. And so uh, just before he comes up, I, uh, we're going to receive the offering at the end of the service. But I just want to just share a couple things, a couple of uh, quick announcements. As you can see, we are still at box 115. Um, we did not do any sorting for the project last week, but we now have a large supply. We have a, a room full of it back, the praying room, which is not couldn't be the prayer room this morning because it was full of clothes. Uh, we have a trailer that is completely full. Plus, we have uh, two other people who are bringing full trailers this week and uh, coming tomorrow. So we are going to have clothes. So this week would be a wonderful time for you to come out and sort and um, be a part of that. Now, uh, just to give you a little incentive, it's really not, but I thought I'd give you a little incentive. So far, uh, in the sort, we have found at least one if not possibly two very valuable pieces of, of uh, jewelry. Yeah, ooh, ooh, so we see, I see all kinds of people who have now lost jewelry. One, one was returned to its owner, and one does not have an owner yet. So, for the next three weeks, we are going to announce, just so that in case anybody has lost a very, and, I, and I've seen the appraisal, they actually took it in and had it appraised, very expensive piece of jewelry. You notice I'm not telling you what the piece of jewelry is. You have to describe what you have lost and uh, tell us exactly, and it must fit you, much like the glass slipper. <laughs> but I'm just letting you know, you never know what you're going to find in one of these boxes. So, um, but if you have lost a very expensive piece of jewelry, uh, please come to me. Is ever, uh, the, the youth group this last week, had they talked about Daniel and how uh, Daniel was asked by the uh, king to interpret a dream, but he was not only had to interpret the dream, he had to tell him what the dream was. The king wouldn't tell them. And so uh, it's much like that. You have to tell me what the piece of jewelry is, describe it precisely, and then we will then test to see if it fits you, and then we will give it back. No. <laughs> he gets raffled. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Thank, thanks for trying anyway, though. Oh, you need to get workers in that way. I see. Well, you know, maybe that would be the incentive. We are going to be working on this starting on Tuesday. Tuesday from 9 until 6. Does that sound about right? 9 until 6 until it is 10. 10 until 6. 10 until 6, Tuesday through until we get it done, this should be the last push, and we should have everything done. We have, we should have enough clothes coming this week. We will continue to take clothes, though. If you, uh, you can now go to your relatives' homes and start going through their closets, and bringing whatever clothing does not fit them anymore, or even if it does fit them, bring it. Uh, that would be great. But we will get that done, and this project will be sent, and it will be so exciting. Also tonight, for, uh, beginning at six o'clock, we're going to have prayer. Here, um, that's why Reverend Robin and, and Carol are in town. There will be other people coming in from Wisconsin, Minnesota. We're going to be praying for America, praying for the elections coming up. And so if you would like to be a part of that, that begins at 6 o'clock tonight. Uh, come here and we'll be, we'll be doing that. We will need uh, some of the chairs taken down. Eh, take, we'll take down some of the chairs, stacking them against that far wall over there at the end of service today. 
But if you want to be a part of that, that would be great. I feel like I am forgetting another very important announcement. Well, I'll do it. Where's Pastor Greg when I need him? Um, we will uh, do that at the end. But why don't we give a warm welcome to Reverend Robin Roberts and Will Minister. Thank you. Um, it's so good to be in Minnesota. We haven't had a frost yet in Missouri, and so it's good to, to see the Jack Frost. <laughs> um, uh, like Pastor John said, tonight is going to be an unusual prayer night. We're going to, we've been praying for America and the church and the election uh, for several months now of different groups and different believers and ministers. And I believe tonight we're not only setting some things into motion that God has for America and the church, but also for the elections. And uh, you don't want to miss it. Uh, I just know... Uh, it's really good to be in the will of God. And always when you're praying, it's being in the will of God. We're, uh, how do I say that? Um, I like to get the news before it happens. And I believe tonight we'll have some news from heaven before it happens. I remember in 1980, the Lord had showed me that Ronald Reagan was going to win the election before he won it. And I, on purpose, watched the nightly uh, national election broadcast. And some of you are old enough in here to remember 
that the national media pundits, particularly Dan Rather and others, were absolutely flabbergasted at what happened, and they had planned on having a long um, a siege of reporting, whatever, and by 9.15, it was over. It was absolutely, they didn't know what to say. So it's good to get the news ahead of time. So uh, join us tonight, will you? Uh, and we'll all be blessed in your coming. And so, um, I, I, if you have your Bible, I want to talk to you real quickly about two fellows in the Bible. Uh, in Acts, the ninth chapter, Real familiar story, Acts 9, 1 through 20. I'd like Carol, my wife, to read the scriptures, if she would. Acts 9, 1 through 20. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who are of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard many about about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. 
And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. I want uh, to you to look at this. It, there's much meat here in this chapter, but, but particularly I want to focus on the fact that uh, Paul or Saul who became Paul, well known of, of uh, an apostle that wrote probably right at two-thirds of, of the New Testament and then also a man by the name of Ananias. Ananias was a layman, and Paul, or Saul, who was became Paul, was in. Uh, he was uh, called to the fivefold ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was uh, an apostle, or and apostle and prophet and teacher in the body of Christ. But it's interesting in uh, verse uh, 4, Paul uh, Saul heard a voice and he heard the Lord say, why do you persecute me? And then Saul then, in verse 6, he answered the Lord, and he said, Lord, what will you have me do? When God deals with us, he has the right to ask us to do things. And uh, like, here with uh, Saul, Jesus dealt with him and said, I, uh, I have, or he said, why do you persecute me? And so then uh, Saul, who was also a Pharisee of the Pharisee, he knew all the names for God or Jehovah in the Old Testament. And then he said to him, to the Lord, 
he said, Lord, who are you? Who are you? And then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. And then, of course, Saul said, Lord, what will you have me to do? Really, that's the beginning of growth in as a Christian. God has a plan for every one of us, both young and old, middle-aged. God has a plan for all of us. Of course, the, his Bible and the Word of God contains his main plan for what we are to do. And so some things we know we don't have to ask the Lord what to do. The Bible tells us we're to bring all of our tithes and offerings into the uh, kingdom of God or the church. And the Bible tells uh, husbands to love their wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. The Bible tells us that we're to do our work heartily unto the Lord. In other words, we're to be the best employee, employee at any place we work and or the best employer as well because we're to do our work heartily as unto the Lord. And yet we find here, uh, Saul said to the Lord, what will you have me to do? God always has specific assignments for us. And people say, well, uh, I, don't, I don't know what God would have me to do. Oh, yeah. Like Saul here, he was going his own way. God had to interrupt him. Sometimes we get so busy living life and doing our own way, we don't listen to the Lord or hear his voice. It's not that God is not speaking. It's many times it's we're not listening or there's too much other noise around us, noise of living life and not paying attention to what the Lord would have us to do. Notice Saul didn't say, Lord, what would you have my brother to do? What would you have my mother to do? He didn't say, what would you have my father's to do? 
or he didn't say, what would you have my pastor to do? He said, Lord, what would you have me to do? You see, the blessings of God always come based upon the obedience of us doing what God has shown us to do, either by his written word or through his Holy Spirit speaking unto us. You, you show me a, an obedient Christian I will show you a joyful Christian. There's something about just hearing heaven and obeying God. And so, of course, then the Lord told Saul what he wanted him to do. He said, He said, Arise and go into the city, and there it shall be told unto you what you must do. A lot of the times, I mean, of course, Jesus could have told Paul or Saul right there and then, but when God will give an assignment for us, many times he's seeing just if you'll obey him. If you won't obey God in the little things, you won't, we won't obey God in the big things. And so, he said, go into the city and then wait there and it will be told to you. Jesus didn't say how long Paul would have to wait. So often when God says something to us, we're in a hurry. And he said, Go into the city, and there it'll be told unto you what you must do. Thank God Saul went into the city. You see, if Christians don't go to church, you may not hear God's next move, next assignment. There's something simply uh, profound by, but by doing just exactly what God said to do when he said to do it. He said, go, go into the city. And uh, so, of course, Saul arose from there 
he was blinded by the power or the glory of God and they led him into the city and brought him into Damascus. And uh, of course, it says he was there three days without sight, neither did he eat or drink. Thank God Saul obeyed God. And now there in verse 10, it said there was a certain disciple named Ananias in the uh, modern terms we call Ananias a layman. He wasn't a preacher. He wasn't a minister, fivefold minister. He was a believer. But the Bible calls him a disciple. A disciple is one that's disciplined. It's a one that is a learner. You can be a Christian but not be a disciple. Let me say that again. You can be a Christian but not necessarily a disciple. A disciple is one that is disciplined, or the one a translation says, a disciplined learner of the, uh, the things of Christ, of God. And so, uh, you know, if you don't, if we won't discipline ourselves, we won't obey God as well as others. It's a discipline to keep your foot from speeding uh, on your uh, foot from having too much force on the pedal in the pedal of your vehicle. It takes this discipline to drive the speed limit for some, most of us. And so, uh, uh, thank God Ananias was disciplined and the Lord spoke to him in a vision. And he said, Ananias, it's wonderful when God calls you by name. Not just your first name or, and or your middle name. I know when my dad would use our full name, we were in trouble. But here the Lord said to Ananias, he called him by name. And behold, Ananias said, I am here, Lord. It's one thing to be here. 
It's another thing to be obedient. You, we can all sit in church, but not of us. All of us are good, obedient servants of the most high God. It's up to us. And... Uh, and then, uh, of course, the Lord said unto him, Get up and go into the street which, are, which is called straight. It's interesting. Saul was in a home on, of Judas on the street called straight. I thought it's really apropos. Ananias, God sent Ananias to a street called Straight to find a man called by the name of Saul that God was going to use him for his plan. And uh, it was not the crooked street, it was a straight street. When God tells us something, he doesn't want us to go a serpentine way. He wants us to go straight to it. Straight to it. And so, thank God, uh, then, uh, and then he said, inquire in the house of Judas for one of Saul of Tarsus, for their Saul praise. And so, of course, Ananias argued with God. He said, Lord, You've got the wrong fella. This fella is causing all kinds of problems in the body of Christ. And he's putting people in jail. And they could, it could be terrible. Uh, but you've got the wrong one. And then the Lord said to him, Go your way, for he is a chosen vassal unto me. And so, of course, we know that uh, Ananias obeyed God. And then he said, uh, go into him and lay your hands on him and that he might uh, receive the Holy Spirit and receive his sight. Thank God for uh, Ananias' obedience. Had not Ananias obeyed God, there would not be a Paul that we have two-thirds of the New Testament recorded for us. 
Ananias obeyed God and went in. And verse 17 said, He entered into the house, putting his hand on Saul, and said, Brother Saul, Saul was born again. You can't be born again and uh, not be our, uh, he called them brother Saul. The Lord, even Jesus, who appeared unto you uh, as you came, uh, he said, I, would, I should come in and lay my hands on you and that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, thank God, uh, Saul then received the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit and the glory of God that was upon Saul left so he could see and he received his sight, and then he immediately began preaching and teaching that Christ Jesus was the Christ there in Damascus. Why is this so important? God always used lay, laymen to help ministers were all part of the body of Christ. Every person is important to God. God has a plan for your life, all of our lives. No one plan is more important than another plan. And yet they're all interconnected. If we don't do our part, then the body of Christ then suffers. But if we do our part and are obedient to do what God has shown us to do, then people are blessed both now and then throughout all of the eternity. Uh, thank God that uh, Saul uh, had Ananias, Pastor John, and pa our Debbie have you guys all together working together to do the Lord's will. We're all in this together. And when someone doesn't do their part, it sure causes suffering. It causes hindrance to the advancement of the body of Christ. But thank God, when we do things together, it's amazing how the plan of God is advanced. Now, uh, 
you see, uh, if it's so simple, God will give simple instructions. Go, wait, do this or do that. It's only in the obedience to the instruction do you know the final outcome by acting upon what God has said. If you wait for God to tell you everything in advance, he won't do that. It's called living and walking by faith. And so when God says to you do something, you act upon that. And usually as you act upon that, more light or more direction will come unto you. If you say, I am not hearing the voice of God, probably think about the last time God spoke to you and asked you to do something. If you didn't do that, go back and do that, and then you'll see, he'll, you'll hear him again. Now, when I, uh, I was, I read this, I thought of something that like uh, Paul or like Saul going into the city and then Ananias when he was praying had a vision and the Lord spoke to him. 22 years ago, we, uh, Carol and I on our three daughters were living in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I had started a full-time traveling ministry. And we had a pattern since, uh, since 1981. We had determined always on a Saturday night never to have, as a general rule, not to have fellowship with people, but just to uh, uh, get ready for church and uh, get the girls bathed and their dresses lined up, the shoes shined, and everything in bed at a decent time and then to pray and prepare ourselves for church on Sunday morning. Of course, I was had served many years and girl had in the, the church and uh, we knew other people that stayed out late on Saturday night and with their kids, and then they'd bring the kids in the nursery 
wouldn't have any breakfast, no diaper changes, nothing, no rest, and we're supposed to have a major move of God in the nursery or the children's church. And my wife and I determined years ago we would take Saturday nights and prepare for God to move on Sunday. We never regretted that. We still don't do a lot of things on Saturday nights. I'm I'm not saying you shouldn't have fellowship or anything like that. I'm just saying what we did. Now, uh, this one Saturday night, Carol had finished up with the girls and I was in the closet praying for a church Sunday morning service. I wasn't preaching. We had our home church to go to. And when I was in there praying, the Lord spoke to me like he spoke to Ananias. And he said to me, uh, get up and go out into the living room and sit in the chair and I'll talk to you there. Now I could have thought, what do you mean? God, you, I'm here in my closet. I've got my eye closed. Close. You can speak to me here. But thank God I obeyed. I went into the living room, sat on the chair, and sat there for about 30 minutes. Finally, the Lord said to me, May I use you tomorrow? You know, God is always, uh, always a gentleman. And I said to yes, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. He said to me, I want you to drive to a certain city in Oklahoma which was three hours away tomorrow. And I want you to go to church there. I want to use you. And so I I came and he said, if you'll pray on the way, I'll tell you what I want you to do. And so... I came out and told Carol, we're going to church in the morning in Oklahoma, or western Oklahoma. We have to leave early to be there before church. It was three hours. We got up early and drove there 
the girls and girl and I got there before the church, walked in, the pastor said to me, what are you doing here? I said, well, we were in the area, <laughs> just thought we'd go to church with you. He said, you're preaching today. I said, no, I just want to hear you. I came to hear the word of the Lord, and we're just here to back you up. He said, no, you're preaching, and I said. And so we went back and forth. Of course, God had told me what to preach on and what to do, but I didn't tell the pastor any of that. I just, if it's God, God is more than able to pick up his end of the bucket and walk off with it. And so I didn't tell the pastor any of it. And so then um, we finally, after him insisting, I preached. Uh, then I did minister exactly what the Lord had and it was a real strong message. It was a good message from heaven, but it was different. And I ministered, and then I made an altar call, and a bunch of people responded to the altar call. And unknowns to me, all the people that responded, there was one couple that had been uh, separated and married and separated and were, uh, had applied to the divorce court. And they were at the altar both of them, neither one of them came together, but they came separately to church, came down to the altar, and God took care of everything within them and their hearts and put them back together. And, uh, and so at the uh, people got saved, filled with the Spirit, healed, and reconciled back to God. And at the end of the service, one of the elders in the church, he was a Ford dealer, uh, had a Ford tractor and Ford car distributorship in town. And he got up and came down and was crying and asked the pastor if he could speak. He said, you know, my daughter, Natalie, she's eight years old. She's a best friend of this other girl 
whose parents were getting a divorce, Natalie said to me uh, three months ago when she found out her fast friend's parents were separated and getting a divorce, of course, her fast friend would visit with them and stay overnight at Natalie's house. And Natalie said, Dad, I had a vision when I, I had a dream that uh, when Robin Roberts comes to our church, that God was going to put this couple uh, or friends of their uh, best friends back together. And he said, my daughter Natalie told me that uh, 90 days ago. And he said, here we are. God has done all this, and uh, this couple is back together. Truly, God has been good to all of us. Uh, so God had showed an eight-year-old girl what his plan was. Ninety or eighty-nine days later, he spoke to me and asked Carol and I to go and drive out there and preach. And then God at that time put that couple and family back together. It pays to obey God. It pays to sword clothes. It pays to pack things. It pays to go on mission trip. It pays to give uh, offerings. It pays to pay tithes. It pays to love one another. It pays to pray. It pays to pray. It pays to pray. What if I had not had been praying that night and just watching television or doing something else? Yeah, God needs you. I don't think most Christians know how important it is. God needs you. He needs you. He needs you to be tuned in. He needs you to be turned on. He needs you to be everything he has made you to be. He needs you. America needs you. The church needs you. And God needs you. Your kids need you. Your grandkids need you. Your neighbors need you. Your employers or employees 
and your fellow employers need you. You need, you're far, far more needed than you realize. As a mother, you can think, I can't be any more needed. I wish to God my family did need so much. But I want to tell you, God is counting on you, and you can, and you will do what he wants you to do. And this church, and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, will, it will advance, and this church will grow. It will grow. As we grow, it will grow. As we do, it, it will do. And so, uh, if you're not too young to obey God, remember little Samuel in the Bible. And you're not too old. Not too old. Remember Methuselah, or no one yet is that age, and yet God counted on him, and God counts on us. So I want you to know, uh, good days are ahead. Good days are ahead for you. Good days because God is going to make himself more known to you as you obey him in even the little things. His voice will even be more clearly spoken to you and more clearly heard by you and the blessings of God, and the blessings of God. I said the blessings of God will be known by you in a greater measure and in a greater means than you have seen heretofore as you obey him. Do like Ananias said, do, uh, he said, Lord, here I am I. I'll do what you say for me to do. Amen. 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 We have the ushers hand out offering envelopes if you need to need one grab it as it comes by and receive the offering